begin. Hi, Christoph. Really good to have you on here today. Thanks very much for joining us. Christoph, you seem to have, have had a very mixed life being a writer and a poet, as well as having your connections with Auschwitz and the youth centre there. Could you tell us something about your life and how you ended up on this pathway? Well, I guess uh, I had a quite a normal life. I was educated in a Protestant uh, background family with books, which was very important that books were quite a normal thing. So read and to enjoy poems and uh, to enjoy words and to see what would happen in a world if we put words together and how many possibilities you have to put words together and where you end up with it. How different, how amazing, how horrible. That was uh, really an experience which was very, very important for me. And, uh, um, and most of the poets I know can really remember the moment exactly and talk about it when the first poem came and they thought well this is a poem it is my poem even if nobody else will see it nobody else will like it it is a poem and i am a poet and uh, so since then i think i'm a poet really and uh, I know I'm talking too long, but uh, to meet other poets is, uh, it's interesting uh, because you always see that uh, the system of the inner and outer world and the combination between the two of them works similar. Uh, a few years ago, we had a meeting uh, in London in, in St. James Palace, I think, with Prince Charles. And uh, I discovered that uh, preparing this meeting was Graham Davis, a quite well-known Welsh poet who really is writing wonderful and very interesting poems, which are not specific Welsh, English, they are human in a broad way about remembrance, about going through the world and discovering things. And uh, I realized seeing him in one of these moments when he had this official program and uh, took out very discreet a pen and on the back of this official poet uh, program, he started to write the beginning of a poem, I guess. So the words are not really um, shy. They just use you. You are not the master of the words. The words are the master of you. And uh, you have to accept this. But I'm, I'm wondering also about how then you end up um, in that role, but also end up involved with Auschwitz and the youth, the youth centre there. Well, words have no guilt. It's uh, the human beings. In Auschwitz, uh, um, you have words 
which are beautiful and they mean horrible things. You have this famous uh, night and fog, which was a symbol and a secret uh, code for uh, actions against uh, the Jewish people. You had the remark in the lists of prisoners in Auschwitz of um, foam of the sea. And uh, it's beautiful. Everybody has associations with it. When we have been to the beach as children, have seen the foam going away, coming and endless. And here it meant the people should disappear forever. Even their names should be cut off of the lists of prisoners. They should disappear as they had never existed before. And uh, well, so it's our responsibility to give the words their honor back and uh, to try at least. They, as I said, were without any responsibility for it. And uh, I came to Oxford working in a project of Cyrenians, which, well, the only thing I understood was from the Bible. There was Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross of Christ. And so I had a, an idea they were doing something social. And uh, well, they worked with um, alcoholics mostly, with people, uh, people being in the war as British soldiers and really being destroyed and never got back into normal life after all what they'd seen. There were, today we have words for that. In these times, David, we didn't even have words. We would have never say, I would have never said traumatisiert. They were just never got back. They never arrived back. And uh, well, and uh, I, I had to realize that my work there as a young German for them was exciting in one way. They found it exciting that a German boy was coming to uh, washing their dishes and uh, living with them in a, a more uh, or less primitive uh, shed near the uh, station in Oxford. But of course, I had to realize that uh, these things inside, deep inside them and of, very often hidden in them were war, war, war. And uh, when they were very drunk, they were crying, they were talking about situations they will never forget and who were in them and with them every second of the day. And uh, the, even there were bizarre situation that one of them, uh, when he was uh, drunk, uh, went to the police and told the police, uh, in our house is a German hiding, he is Martin Bormann. And uh, uh, so the police came, I had to show my passport and prove that I'm not Martin Bormann. And uh, well, next day he had forgotten about it all. <laughs> I've been to, to Russia and to uh, Belarus and uh, 
well, these people on the eastern side of my world, um, they arrived somewhere where they never wanted to leave the train in a system they were not happy with. Only very few were communists or were really uh, taken by the hope that this is a system of the future. Some of them believed that, but uh, well, it took not many years before they'd given up and uh, were very unhappy about unfreedom and injustice in, in the world they were living in. And mostly of them were poor. And uh, to, to realize that those of the example, the Russian uh, soldiers of the Red Army who survived Auschwitz, where lots of uh, Soviet prisoners of war were kept and treated horribly. Only very few survived and they went back and where were they brought to? To the Gulag. Because it was Stalin's uh, um, idea that everybody who survived must have been a traitor. And so they disappeared the second time in the Gulag and uh, uh, they only were in a way acknowledged uh, as victims of the war in the 80s, late 80s, beginning of the 90s, and then their life mostly was over. They were poor on health, they weren't rich, poor people, and all the life they have had was, uh, well, more or less, life of oppression. And in a way, when going there, I don't know what you remember about yourself. I was a bit naive and a believer myself. When our friend Vasil Bukau, a very famous and very, very good writer, several times suggested for the uh, literature Nobel Prize, when he described the world of the KGB around surrounding him and what they did do, and what they could do with him. They always were thinking, well, he's a bit neurotic about this thing. He's a world famous man. But, but he was even a bit shy with us not to describe what they really did to people and what you see these days in Belarus, what is coming out on the end of the process. Vasil Bukow, 1984, has said Lukashenko will be a catastrophe. You're describing really a time after the war where people mm -hmm. went back and found that they were still uh, captured in, in, in some way. And that was obviously a process of self-discovery for you yeah, yeah. As, as well. Well, yes. Um, I mean... Um, for, for our generation, it was very important to come to terms um, with this history who did influence us so much, not only by birth, but by the teachers who educated us, by the people who were around us, even as youngsters, as other people. We had to find a way. And... Uh, um, 
you asked me, Naomi, about Auschwitz. That's uh, mm -hmm. one of these things. If you go to Auschwitz, of course, you go to history. You go to a history place, you go to a crime scene, you go to lots of places. But you always go to a place where a mirror is. You see yourself. And you will never be able to be the player of one role. You are not a prisoner. You are not a perpetrator. You are just you and you have to decide if the question will arise for you, what you do. And it was very interesting with, uh, or it is very interesting with people, if they come and first they easy going a little bit and then they suddenly realize it's about me. It's not about them. This is about me. And it was very important, uh, David, with uh, Kazuo Shiguro when we joined him to go to Auschwitz. And uh, he told us before that he hardly never accepted any invitations because it took him too long time and he didn't want uh, to, to interrupt uh, writing processes. And, but this, he decided for himself, is a challenge. I have to go there. And he understood it perfectly. Within a minute, it's about me. It's about my parents, the Japanese thing, the uh, living in Britain, the rising, the growing up in Britain, the, the role Auschwitz as a symbol has in the world today. And uh, a symbol. So a few days ago, you read in The Guardian that uh, in Arizona, they have bought uh, chemicals uh, to mix up Zyklone B and uh, to kill people in the dead cells with scars. You feel crazy. Mm -hmm. What? People are killing other people again with Zyklone B? Is it, are they, the next time you read uh, about the synagogue in a southern German town attacked? You read something in Britain about anti-Semitic uh, uh, rumors in the Labour Party or something. And very often I am asked, uh, so how long the Auschwitz committee will work on? And it's a stupid question, but ne nevertheless a true one. You are deciding it. <laughs>